Hey there, creatives. Thanks so much for your continued listenership to the show. Um, I'm so grateful that people continue to listen. And um, I just want to let you know if it's your first time listening today, or if you're a regular listener, this is going to be a replay or an encore of um, an episode that aired earlier uh, in 2021. Um, and next week will also be another encore. And then we'll be going on um, hiatus uh, temporarily over the summer, taking some time off and not publishing any new um, episodes until mid to late August. I'm still figuring out when that's going to be. I'm going to play it by ear, but we'll definitely be back in August. I have already started interviewing um, for the episodes that are going to start to be published then um, when we come back. And this episode today, I thought, you know, there's been so much going on in the world um, with, uh, shootings and mass violence. And, um, it just, it's so, it's so heartbreaking and, um, and it's frustrating too, you know, to, to hear about it every day. And, um, if you've been a longtime listener, you've probably, um, heard a few episodes with, um, my, my guest, Nicole Porter Davis, who, um, she was an art therapist or isn't art. She is an art therapist, but she, um, responded to the Sandy Hook school massacre in, um, in Newtown, Connecticut. And, um, and she's really just invested her career in, um, response to, um, trauma in the community. And, um, so we've, uh, had a few episodes together where we kind of broke down her process of how she, um, does this large scale community response. And, um, in our last episode that we recorded together, episode 61, um, it kind of focuses on her creative process as the creative arts therapist, but it also, um, she shares some of her work. Um, she has a band and they've been creating songs that can be used in uh, response to, um, you know, community trauma work. And so in this episode, we talk about her, um, her album, you and us and, um, and the song social connection, which she shares about, and it links to her, her process that she uses, um, anyway, I hope that you enjoy this episode. I just thought, you know, this is an appropriate time. And if you find yourself or the clients that you're working with, um, to be really struggling, check out her album because the whole album has, um, different songs that relate to and connect to, um, the powerful work of healing together through, um, through these things and the different processes that we go through. And it's just, it's just a really beautiful, um, 
a beautiful tribute to the work. And um, yeah, so enjoy the episode and uh, I'll talk to you later. The Creative Psychotherapist is the official podcast of the Creative Clinician's Corner, a practice-building resource for creative psychotherapists. TCP Podcast is the cast for creative, expressive, and experiential-focused psychotherapists curious to learn how to design, build, and scale a thriving private practice. Your host, Raina Lombardi, interviews successful therapists about the tools and strategies they have used to develop creative-focused practices. They also talk about the products, services, and side hustles they have developed, using their knowledge and creativity to enhance their therapy practices, make a greater impact in their communities, and diversify their income streams. Welcome. Now here's your host, Raina Lombardi. Thanks so much for listening to the Creative Psychotherapist Podcast. I'm your host, Raina Lombardi, and I'm really excited to welcome my next guest to the show. If you've been a longtime listener, you may have um, heard her on the show before. Uh, Her name is Nicole Porter-Davis. She's a licensed creative arts therapist. She's the former director of child therapy following the Sandy Hook School Massacre in Newton, Connecticut, and now a pandemic parent of a young child. She finds herself producing You and Us, a virtual band of children's rock and roll. Integrating the music as a healing arts mechanism for change, Nicole Porter Davis established the Emerald Sketch as the first mental health response program post uh, the Newtown tragedy in 2013. She teaches globally and aids communities post-war to build sustainable creative arts trauma therapy services. She co-authored the first edition trauma response manual for the Red Pencil in 2018, and she was a playwright and solo performer to An American Nightmare at the Hudson Guild Theater in New York City Summer Theater Festival in 2019. And her favorite Emerald Skits projects this pandemic include Black Children Matter and Art Therapy for India. For the most up-to-date happenings, you can always access her via her Instagram at Emerald Sketch Art or her website, uh, emeraldsketch.com. And she is the upcoming president for the New York Art Therapy Association. Porter has been here before and another time. So you will have to go back and listen to our special series on trauma response where she shared the various sequences applied post-trauma for clients enrolled in the Emerald Sketch. And now we're going to talk about her latest project, You and Us, which takes those phases writing and uh, recording into an album. So two of the songs from the album have been launched and there's one more on the way and an entire album will be released on Valentine's Day. Um, I think Nicole really fits the definition of a modern Renaissance woman. She's talented in so many different ways and I'm really excited to share um, her Uh, experience talking about this new project. Welcome, Nicole. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Raina. It's really lovely um, to hear your voice and a whole lot about me. It's um, an amazing kickoff. And 
I'm excited to be here to talk about you and us, my latest project. Yes. Children's rock and roll album for, for parents and children of all ages. Um, I'm pumped to tie that back to the trauma series that yeah. we had a special series on. So on creative psychotherapist. Yeah. Let's first talk about, okay. So you decided you're going to create um, a, a band specifically in response to your work um, with trauma and helping people recover from trauma. When did this idea come to you? And when did you start kind of writing the songs? Can you walk us through that process? Yes, that's a great, great question. Um, first, I think the entire process speaks to the inward eye process and my own training in art therapy and my comfortability of dialoguing with my own internal imagery, right? And free association mm-hmm. and planting seeds with intention, right? It's coming on, this is the ninth year since the Sandy Hook school tragedy. And that really rooted my work in, in the direction that it's grown and established across the last nine years in a way that was very unpredictable, though I set out to do early childhood trauma response mm-hmm. um, to the level that would occur in the American mind is still baffling to me, right? But here we are. So I constantly use music throughout the creative arts response, right? Where it it comes naturally for early childhood, for children that are in that age range of two to five, six, Mm -hmm. um, they're naturally responding with noise, right? (laughs) Noise is happening. And when we're really listening, music is happening, even if it's pounding of play or tapping of mm-hmm. tissue paper, right? Sound is happening and rhythm is in each little soul that I'm used to listening to. So the music started with the greeting song that I would introduce art therapy sessions with, with this young age group. You know, I don't do this with the male adult trauma survivors. <laughs> right? Good day, um, you know, I save that for the little ones and their, and their families that have, that choose to enter the realm Space. of active imagination, right? So that's where the music was already alive, right? Mm-hmm. The music exists there with the families and children that I've always worked with. Um, and the pandemic put me in a different bubble, mm-hmm. put my work in a different place. As for all of us, every clinician everywhere shifted major. And as you know, I was working on an app that I consider a mental fitness app that really trains the user that's called Roxygen. And that really trains the user, whether you're an art therapist or you're a neurotypical normal person who's really wants to learn more about art therapy. Mm -hmm. It's a great interface for that because it's, it's videos of me talking for the, the adult or the older uh, adolescent um, who's able to integrate creative ideas and tasks. And then there's videos about, okay, how do you dialogue with that? Right. Mm -hmm. And there's a little bit of the inward eye that I'm talking about where it's a different process. It's a higher understanding doing it with, with and for oneself and your, and your own family. Um, However, that's what I tap into when I, when, when this album came into existence, right. I, I happen to be in this situation where my, my life pandemic experience brought me 
in connection and collaboration with other creatives that are very talented musicians. And that all came together in a way that you and us is brought to all of you listening and, and the magic of the music is alive and well. So that's what happened. And then the music started happening because I was doing the app and I wanted to go in and, and record for children. And Wyndham Garnet is, is the cohort that was working with me doing the film. And he's a very talented musician. And when we went to do the children's puppetry, we hit a pause button and said, let's record the sound first. And then I was like, just let's dive in. Let's do a song for every sequence. Let's take the listener as though they were gonna have a therapy session for safety and security so that any clinician could use this music and use the hello song, use the safety and security song for however many weeks they need to. Mm -hmm. Implementing you know, all these creative strategies that go along with that sequence and then have the closing song and let it just go into the universe where so many more creative arts therapists can utilize it. Um, mm -hmm. Because it's, it's, it's rare, as you say, Renaissance friend, to have so many um, you know, hula hoops that I can dance around in and, and, and jump over here and write the music and accrue the relationships and, and connections to make that happen and, and record it quickly during a pandemic when you know, it's, that's the way to connect with people right now. Mm -hmm. audiovisual um you know i still do some outdoor work but we're still riding the pandemic wave yeah. yeah right so that's how then early 2021 i would say is when the actual recording began may is when the actual recording process started and the writing of the additional songs like the songs that we'll hear little bits of today and the songs that are released when the listeners hearing this are both um recorded in the spring and the summer. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so when, when will these songs be released? When will the album be available for people to listen and utilize? So social connection and safety and security, the song about the happy clam and the purple algae are out there for the listener now. And then on all forms of listening, People can access it. Emerald Sketch Art on Instagram is, is how you can find updates on what's going on with the music and the album. And um, Safe Island is the song that I'll be releasing next um, as we come upon the date of the Sandy Hook School tragedy. Um, mm -hmm. And then I'll do one more song, keep that a secret for a little while. In the new year, there'll be a, a single release. And then February 14th, the entire album, which consists of 11 solid songs and at least, I think there's like 12, eight, not quite sure, but several little ditties that are like cheers that are great to use with little children, whether you're in your own house or you're running a group that um, just keep happy, good morale going. Um, so that entire album will be la launched on Valentine's Day as a, as a love letter to the universe wow. from the Emerald Sketch. <laughs> That's so cool. So how has this process, it, the way I'm looking at it, it's almost like, like a dual process, right? Like you're creating this for others, but you're also creating it from your own processing of doing this work, of 
being there, of going through that process and holding space for people to um, move through their response to what they experienced. How is how is that for for you to release that that response work out into the world? Delicate is the first word that comes to mind um, and decisive, you know, um, ability to focus and prune the process, right? Where I have a clear intention. Mm -hmm. So opening myself up to being honest with my imagery, right? Like as it comes, working with it and opening up to that process, which is what we teach as art therapists or what I hope we teach as art therapists in the sense that we're training people to work more freely with themselves, their mind, body. And I think, you know, working with the active imagery is the way to go. I, I think mm -hmm. we've spoken before about how, you know, I'm not, I, I think calm and meditation has its place. However, learning to dialogue with one's own active imagination is what I consider the inward eye process where mm -hmm. it's, a, it's another form of integrated meditation that yeah. I think that word helps people understand the concept because one is, is entering a relaxation state. However, I'm engaging those networks with, with clients in a way that I engage for myself independently. Mm -hmm. And that helps activate the process of keeping it alive, but then also hitting the pause button when I'm like, you know, we're working on the, the trauma response, secure remembrance song which is safe island and, and hence the meaningfulness of releasing that song during the passing of like giving that as a gift, giving that for, for children who are adolescents now who lived through that disaster, that horror, mm -hmm. giving them something to look forward to. When you wake up that morning, this new song is going to be out there in the universe. That carries a lot of um, resonance for my system, my mind body that is so meaningful, mm -hmm. right? There are children that I, that I actively engage with and work with that I can send that update to and that mm. will light up their little lives for a couple weeks we have running, right? Where it's like they know that that song is coming and they haven't heard it yet. Sure. And that's a little bit of magic. Mm -hmm. A little mm -hmm. bit of magic that it can enter every house. And it was hard to get there to that zone to safe island. Like to, to get there, it was like, holy drama. Yeah, that's not the tune people want to hear, right? Yeah, yeah. When home is drama and shifting that, transforming it and getting it into that space where it's positive and upbeat and about mm -hmm. a safe island and accessing what you need is that process that takes working with other people. So the cohort, the interaction. What I'm really hearing... What I'm really hearing you say is as you're like talking about your creative songwriting process is that particular process also mirrors the same process that you're doing in the space with clients, right? You're okay. Mm -hmm. Here we are. We're addressing this really ugly truth of this current reality and nobody wants to face that, right? There's a lot of denial when those things occur, but 
you take them through the different steps to find safety and security within themselves um, and in the, their spaces and move them through the process where they can integrate it and remember it without feeling so overwhelmed. But I'm also hearing that thread come in the way you describe creating the songs. Yeah, like for me, my creative response to the systems that are alive in my neurotransmission because of my interactions from clients to friends to family members, right? And, and how that goes into the songwriting, 100%. And in ways that I open up to that I don't always, or, or I would even say most of the time have a conscious connection immediately to where that song is coming from, right? But some of these songs you'll hear come into existence. You're like, that song has always existed. Like, of course, that's always been here. That song was here before the song. It's so fun. I think <laughs> it's, when the, once the song becomes alive, you're like, that was alive. That was ready to go. Um, and that's the magic, I think, that like the Safe Island song, really what I tap into, the transformative part is like there, I, I can remember the first Safe Island that was created where volcanoes were exploding pom-poms and how that opened up that access channel for the families to talk about their anger and how they're putting volcanoes on safe island, you know, mm -hmm. and how that theme has so much resiliency to learn from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The em embracing the reality of the nightmare and having to flow with it, having to flow with the lava. Like there's lava everywhere right now. Let's, let's flow with the lava. Mm -hmm. So um, that, that connectivity that deep internal connectivity is also what helps me thrive, I think, as a, a strong clinician and as an educator, mm -hmm. right? And this, like, uh, it's the ultimate form of outreach, you know, where I'm saying, I, I'm, I'm really thinking about the little children mm -hmm. that get to listen to this and the parents that are like, wait, this isn't, you know? They're like, wait, I can maybe, I can maybe get down with this. We can replay this. And that's my hope and my intention too, is that it empowers people to really vibe with the subconscious messaging that, that's happening with intention. Yeah, I think, I don't think you mentioned it at this point, but for those of you that are listening, the name of the album is for children of all ages. Um, so really speaking to like, you're really intentionally um, creating this so that it is accessible to everyone that mm -hmm. no matter, no matter how old you are, um, it's accessible, which Definitely. I think is cool. And that inner child, child work, right? Mm -hmm. Like for those, for those that need it, I, I say access that channel, mm -hmm. right? Like let yourself enjoy that child's play. And, and that's, I think a tribute to the cartoon characters that the cartoon band that goes along with you and us, um, that's also wild and fun and eclectic, eclectic layer of, of this project. Javier Pinnock is um, a longtime clinician on the Emerald Sketch Art Therapy team. And he is the illustrator of, of our cartoon band that goes along with, with the music. 
um, that I'm also very excited to introduce to the universe and see see where that takes us, you and us as the eclectic um, band of children. For for listeners that can't, you know, that don't have access to like seeing the graphic, um, but mm-hmm. can you um, verbally describe the image of the album cover, which is absolutely, I think it's incredibly powerful and beautiful and um, moving. And it really speaks to this idea of resilience and, um, and marching, marching ahead together, right? There's that connectedness. Um, All of the kids are like interlocked uh, with one another, but I'll let you describe it. Yeah, it's an image of five, the five children, um, one of which is Shizy is a bit tinier than the rest, um, you know, representing children from age like two to five. And they are doing their best to jam in a flag with a love peace symbol on it, just as the um, memorial of the Iwo Jima Memorial from the U.S. Marine Corps War. 1945, I think was that war. So the symbolism, I, again, had to hit a pause button with, you know, the entire album was done and we were talking about then launching into the universe. And I was like, oh, as the creative artist, I have not thought about the, the cover art. Like I had not thought about it at all. And then this September, I was like, oh, wow, I need to think about the cover art. And you know, my one of my brothers is a really talented artist, Mike Wilcox, and he had talked about um, doing something for the for the album. Was very enthusiastic about it. And then as my I started to think about it, the light bulb went off, and I was like, Javier Pinnock. I thought about this image of the children, you know, like removing myself and and the musicians in the concept of there are at least a half a dozen seven different musicians combined throughout the album. So the whole concept of removing us and making it more about this group of children that other children and families can connect with all over the universe um, in case we go to Mars. And <laughs> I'm not um, going there. I, I know. I'm like, staying I'm here. I'm, so for all the earthlings listening, um, no, all jokes aside, it's rooted in this concept of children staking their claim on creativity and play as, as a healing arts modality, right? As the science that exists that, you know, you know, yeah. put that flag in the ground and let's play some music, right? Where coming back to creativity really helps us integrate the horror that we live through, right? So I envision these characters as all child survivors, right? Like they've mm. been through some adversity in this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And to me, each one represents different layers, right? Of all of these children that I've been in contact with, whether through my own work or through clinicians that seek supervision with me. And all these stories, like you know, that come through the creative arts therapist or the psychotherapist who provides therapy for trauma victims. It's mm-hmm. um, play therapy. Right yeah. Right. Narrative therapy. Um, there, there's so many, you know, so many different modalities, but it really comes back to the expression, right? The ability to tell the story through nonverbal 
means or verbal as the adjunct to the image or the the drama being played out. Um, yeah. Yes, and those layers of social connection too, I think are important, um, which is why it's additionally meaningful to release social connection first, where it's this concept of orphaned children coming together, right? Where you, you need that additional person outside of yourself to hear the story, right? Mm -hmm. You need that additional person to connect with. And, and that's a theme throughout the entire album of turn to your family, right? Turn to your friends. Uh, reaching and and staying connected because i think that there's a lot of isolation and that that's caused additional layers of depression and anxiety during this pandemic globally mm -hmm. right where when people do join groups on zoom they benefit highly and they make new friends and mm -hmm. you know in situations where we're going through these waves of you know fortunately now more children are in school than this time last year and, and that's got seemingly positive outcomes um, I, yeah, yeah, I think that has, um, that has been really helpful for a number of kids uh, that, you know, I've worked with going back to school and having that consistency and structure and being able to connect with friends, especially for the little ones who don't necessarily have the means to utilize screens and, and phones and things like that. They if they, if they're an only child and they're at home during the pandemic, they didn't have anybody to connect with. That's really tough. And that's also kind of, um, it's, I, I don't want to say that it's harmful, but I, I do think that it impacts their social emotional development, right. To not be in connection with their peers. Um, so absolutely. I mean, we are, you know, we're seeing this for the, you know, something like this that happens every hundred years. So we're not, there's not a lot of research showing, you know, what it does to the masses when we're suddenly shut down and no one's going to school, right? Versus mm -hmm. children that their family's choosing a type of homeschool, right. you know, but I can speak from personal experience where what also made this album easy to disclose more about my own private life is I have a child who was three when the pandemic started. She's going on five and a half now. And, you know, music and creativity are part of my daily life, you know, with mm -hmm. surviving the pandemic. And this time last year, she was very isolated. And we saw, because not only no school, but we're, well, I was in a situation where we were not close to any um, family um, where, during that phase of the pandemic, we just weren't seeing any additional cousins. We weren't seeing any grandparents, no one. So we watched her get into a space that was quite, she was just frustrated and more easily upset and quite bloomy. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the song Safety and Security, the happy plan, that story, I innovated that story the very night I needed to tell her she wasn't going back to preschool the next day. Um, the happy plan was innovated for the first time then and the benefits of using the metaphor mm -hmm. and to uh, to help the children understand the science of what the pandemic is right and the benefit of a vaccine and the benefit of wearing masks like all of that using puppetry and the metaphor cartoons are huge help when it comes to things like this with early childhood right mm -hmm. and really keeping them in the know in a way that doesn't scare the living hell out of them 
because it is scary, right? And like why the whole world shut down and all the big questions they're thinking and don't know how to ask. Some of them are nonverbal. Yeah. So that connectivity with having my own child and having witnessed it, those are the layers of where it was quite gray and gloomy for many of the little ones Mm -hmm. And, and, and hard to not have access to the people that they also loved and enjoyed time with, you know, and to see see it on a personal level and also the wider scope of my clinical work where I have access to far more data and it's and it's clear that it was devastating across the board mm-hmm. you know but it's like that's my real tagline like yes I directed child trauma services after the Sandy Hooks tragedy and I'm a and I'm a surviving pandemic parent <laughs> <laughs> and utilizing your creative skills everywhere which is really cool yeah. active pandemic parent. So I think it would be really helpful for listeners that perhaps didn't listen to the series that we did, where you broke down each kind of phase of the, the treatment approach that you use, and then share a little bit about the songs that you created in context to each phase Absolutely. And for anyone that's super intrigued, that's a clinical listener, we have the entire trauma series takes you through these creative arts therapy sequences that are really trauma-based. And the sequences that are introduced for clients, groups, families, when PTSD is a known um, concern, right? Mm -hmm. When you know that you're working on overcoming the symptoms of trauma, And the goal is to reduce the symptoms of trauma and get people back to a state of more equilibrium and balance to their normal sense of self. So the album follows the sequence with safety and security is really the kickoff where there are other songs before that in the album, just to introduce like the hello song and a sense of normalcy, right? Mm -hmm. The sense of normalcy that we all had. There's a song called absolutely awesome. That's about the letter a and you know, for me, that's a tribute to expressive language development and early childhood and how it's, it's normal, right? It's so normal. And that baseline of this is where we want to be, right? And then safety and security is the introduction of, whoa, there's a pandemic, there's purple algae. We need to retreat and shift gears and focus on safety, right? Mm -hmm. Where it becomes the SOS, but you're helping ground. And then there's a song about relation called relationship and it's about a ship called relation. And <laughs> that's a tribute to the therapeutic relationship. That's so cool, which is important, right? Without that, we can't really do much. Exactly. When it comes to our clinical work, that's the part that very often confuses people. Um, when sometimes when I introduce it in training and, or depending on the client and the rapport you've built, when it's a new client, sometimes it's like, wait, you want me to make art about the therapeutic relationship? What does that mean? You know, well, that means like, Raina, you and I right now, pretend for a minute, we're going to go into the, the clinical realm. realm. Yeah, we'll call it a realm since it's invisible. <laughs> and we're going to pick a shape for each other. Mm. I would be one shape and you would be one shape. Mm. Hmm circle comes to mind for me. Uh, 
I want to be a circle. I'm going to be the dark side of the moon. We're going to be the moon together. Mm. You're going to be the light on the moon. Okay. It's ever evolving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a cycle. There's a phase, there's growth and change and development. It doesn't end. It continues. Consistency. Um, I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a, that is a really great metaphor for the therapeutic relationship. Honestly, um, when we think about it, right. Most of us, we, we train with the end in mind, right. We're taught to think about termination, but the truth is we might terminate seeing that client, but that therapeutic relationship continues to live on beyond that last appointment and may be reinitiated at some point. Um, so I'm always thinking like, you know, sometimes in like our ethical codes and stuff, it's like arbitrary. You can be friends with somebody after so many years or, and I think that's silly. Like, why is that? That shouldn't be. It's wait, if you still have a therapeutic relationship, no, like say the relationship has ended. Well, that's what I, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that it never ends. I'm saying that it mm-hmm. continues beyond mm-hmm. that last therapy mm-hmm. appointment. You might close mm-hmm. the chart. You might terminate the chart, but the therapeutic relationship still continues to exist in tra- the transitional realm. It's still there. That alliance is still there, regardless of whether you're having contact with the client. So, in my mind, I feel like those those like years or whatever are, um, I, I don't, I don't go by that. I, I think about it as no, this is forever and ever that, you know, I, I want to preserve that space. Should the client want to come back at a later time for any reason that that relationship will always be the priority. Absolutely. Excellent transcendence on the whole concept. Yeah. Thanks. Absolutely. No, I do. I think that's excellent and honors that space between people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That imaginative zone that exists within us. Right. And the therapeutic healing that exists because of a relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, all of it is metaphor for the therapeutic relationship in concept, in context of the album and what we were just demonstrating. Um, but you know, for the listener listening, when I, when I'm giving this example of the moon, it's like thinking about that in and of itself. And I'm really speaking to the space that I enter when you and I are on the podcast together, Raina, right? Like I'm talking to the comfortability of you bringing things to light that I'm not typically talking about. I'm actively doing right Mm -hmm. because we're pausing and entering this phase together things are more visible. Right. Allows for a different point of reflection. Yeah. And it's because of our relationship and that only happens, that happens in unique instances. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and that's why in a therapeutic setting, it's incredibly important to make sure that bonding has taken place before people fully begin to divulge their most upsetting horrors. Mm -hmm. If that should be the case, if that's what they're in therapy for. Um, you know, right. when I say horrors in the instance that that stuff really goes on, you know? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. That's important. So, so what's the next phase and the next song? 
So, you know, after the relationship is embodied and, and entrusted and feeling connected, we go to secure remembrance, which represents the trauma process. And in the album, that's heard as Safe Island. When Safe Island has volcanoes. So that's that theme that we spoke a little bit about earlier. I was sharing how there are vignettes of the storytelling that has gone on in real therapeutic settings. Mm -hmm. um, and and that's, those metaphors are throughout all the songs, I think. Those layers of child's play, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> that are so easy to activate. Um, and then Name the Change, where I'm speaking specifically about transformation. That song's quite fun. It's like more of an indie rock song. It's really, it's really great. We had a good time writing that song. <laughs> um, <laughs> that one and Social Connection were really great to just like play the songs collectively and record them. Mm -hmm. um, so Name the Change is all about transforming the energy, right? Like, okay, we've acknowledged the horrifying story. Now, what about that can we shed? What about that can we get rid of and, and look at differently? in our imagination. We mm -hmm. will never be able to change history, but what can we transform when we look at it through our creative process? Um, and then from there, we go to Social Connection on the album. And then there's a song called Raw Emo Power that is about relapse prevention. Ooh. And you know the concept of riding with your emotions and staying connected, right? Like re-accessing the mm -hmm. therapist if and when you need to. Right. Mm -hmm. Five years from now, something happens. The pandemic is over. That has ended. We've had closure with the pandemic. <laughs> and something else happens that's a normal developmental shift. You know, you're going right. through some phase of, of loss that's normal to your development. And you just want that extra support. So you might contact your therapist again for three months or six months, but that you normalize in that, you know, with that song, it's a send off that stay connected while you ride the wave of, of your raw emotions. Um, Beautiful. And also, yeah. And then a little song called You and Us. It's like a lullaby to like bring it down a notch, help the parents give their children something to fall asleep to. <laughs> Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Also, obviously honoring the relationship and connection. Mm -hmm. as lullabies do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. And so are you, are, are you going to be selling this album or is this something that you're making available to people um, and accessible to people? It will be for sale. I don't know the exact price. That's a great question. Like I know that per song, you know, like if you're listening on Spotify, you pay your membership and you have access to the music. Okay. On iTunes per song, they're 99 cents per song. I'm not sure what the equation will be for the, the full release of the album. Okay. Um, and I can keep everyone updated on the Emerald Sketch Art. Okay. Instagram page. Definitely. Um, Great place to check that out. Yeah. 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 But any um, platform that people have for listening to music, you'll ha they'll have access to it. Mm -hmm. Would you be willing to play um, maybe a, a short uh, uh, piece from one of the songs that you've released thus far? Yeah, let's see what we have. Let's 
share a little bit of social connection. Beautiful. So there's a little taste of social connection. Um, <laughs> you know, and that also comes from a place of being part of the trauma response for the migrant child crisis. And the reality of knowing children are coming into our country often, currently, unaccompanied by any known adult. And knowing that you know, the benefit of this album also in, in reaching trauma centers in getting to the people in real trauma centers, real crisis centers, facilities where these songs can actually be, be played and, and help introduce the concept and the importance of safety and security and social connection, mm -hmm. right? Like that rooted importance of providing activities where you say this is a safe place Let's talk about what makes us feel safe. Let's talk about what makes us feel comfortable and introducing that immediately when children are separated from their people. Mm. Um, so this is also just a heart song to that, that, that particular tune um, and why I chose to integrate both social connection, social connection beautifully means social connection in both Espanol and Francais, so. Mm. It's a tribute. Beautiful. Basically to the universal response, you know, the international response that's going on within the Emerald Sketch and, and among my other colleagues in the creative arts therapy field. Yeah. The, I love the, the chorus line, um, unity across humanity. Um, that, you know, just pulls it all together, right? That we are one uh, family and, um, you know, we're all interconnected. And when we can approach others that are coming from a different perspective and a different place, um, a different orientation in the world, that we can approach it through that lens. Um, well, there's so much opportunity for um, health and healing. Um, but I don't feel like there is much when we're angry at uh, people that are different than us. Right. It's true. I mean, it's important to constantly keep the dialogue open and, and be aware and mindful that that's part of the beauty of the American mind, right? That we have the freedom to voice our opinions, though they may be shut down. Right. But the reality is, it's like a third of the population is ready for their children to be vaccinated, is vaccinating their children. A third of the population is anxious about it. And the other third is like, no, never. It's a conspiracy. And that is mind blowing reality. Um, and wow. Right. Like, where is the miseducation on that angle and the importance of that public health crisis over 
you know, typical, typical horror, right? Mm-hmm. I hate to say that, but like, you know, gun violence versus pandemic where both are public health crises, mm-hmm. both should be viewed that way. Neither are when, you know, public health crisis, top priority, protect the yeah. children. So, you know, the album is just a giant, generous heave ho that children's rock often gets better attention by far than art therapy for traumatized children. Mm-hmm. It's a harsh reality and I'm, I'm ready to pump it up, pump up the volume with the UNS. Well, when, if you think about it too, right. If you're purchasing, um, if you're purchasing some music on iTunes, um, that's going to have some therapeutic value. You know, if you're investing $10 in that album, um, that is certainly a barrier, like reducing a barrier to access to information that can be really helpful because you're interweaving really important information in the music. Um, you know, so there's that, that there is that therapeutic value there. Um, whereas some people might not be able to access uh, things in other ways. Therapy is expensive. Um, so absolutely like healing arts on audio, like for the masses truly where there are ways for, and I do think, you know, that the lead cartoon vocalist doing the butterfly hug in a short clip can go a lot farther than my cheerful chipper grin it can it can Gosh, and I feel yes. good about that like and then you have more people doing the butterfly hug and that's my ultimate goal is like just get more people the mind body information to build their resiliency in environments where well because I am mindful now of the teenager in the Bronx who isn't comfortable to sign on for the group art therapy that's available for free through the school they go to but they still aren't in a situation where they're they're going to sign on and share anything because they'll get in trouble because mm-hmm. it's just culturally unacceptable in the house they live in. There's sure. too much going on. Nobody wants anybody signing on for therapy. And those are the real realities of American children, mm-hmm. right? Where yeah. you can listen to these tunes and, and get a good creative message out of how to engage, I think. And that's my hope. Absolutely. I was listening to, um, I was listening to a lecture by Deepak Chopra, and he was talking about um, he was talking about consciousness and um, dark matter and all kinds, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. But like he presented this one anecdote about how when his uh, grandson was like really little, maybe like four or five or something, like he started asking these really like deep philosophical, like physics kind of questions. And, and Deepak is saying like, I don't know where, like he's getting this. I just thought, you know, he's like a a mini Einstein or something. And then later on, he like ends up asking his grandson, where did you learn about this? And the kid says, Pokemon. (laughs) I was like, that's perfect. it speaks to what you're saying, right? If you put it in the context of this cartoon um, story with characters that the child can see themselves in and relate to, that they will integrate that information. 
Absolutely. I mean, my, you know, my dream is to be, you know, Fred Rogers meets Mary Poppins as, you know, the live art therapist with, with the characters. Um, but in the meantime, I think it's incredibly accessible to put the cartoons right where they can be, right? Like begin to build a culture where that, that form of healing arts is acceptable, where there's a team within the Emerald Sketch building with intention, healing arts material that are short cartoons, songs based in what's happening now. You know, the modern kickback of that's what's lacking when we go back to Mr. Rogers is we don't have that happening now, like what we're living in and the experience mm -hmm. and the struggles where there's always commonality. However, there's unique differences, especially with technology and the, all the other layers of things that children and families are, are having to learn how to cope with while we're actively being introduced to them. Yeah. No, so um, true. Yeah. Well, so that part's very fun and exciting. And, and I love the Deepak Chopra example of the four-year-old. It was uh, like, hey, you know, Pokemon, it's where it's at. <laughs> Pokemon, yeah. It's great. But I, I was like, that that totally makes sense, right? Because that's that's where kids are are learning through the um activities that they're engaging in the material that they're engaging in they're picking up information from from those things so um yeah well, cartoons can travel so much faster than a human it's really rad they can actually teleport like they can show up in india like i can do it with zoom which is fun but i can't do it like all day long every day like santa claus <laughs> you right. and us on the other hand they can rock and roll once they're rolling yeah yeah <laughs> So, um, as you said earlier, people can find the album, um, for children of all ages, uh, from the band, you and us, and it will be available on Spotify and iTunes. Um, but also folks can follow you, um, at the Emerald sketch on Instagram. Yes. It's Emerald sketch art, Emerald sketch art on Instagram for updates on when that will be coming out. Um, the full album, actually, I think, didn't you say, um, Valentine's day, Valentine's day, it will be coming February, out. Yeah. February 14th, 2022. Definitely. So, uh, be on the mm -hmm. lookout for that. I can't, I can't wait to, um, listen to the whole album. Um, I, your voice is beautiful and the music is, really wonderful. Um, I got the pleasure of listening to the full um, song, Social Connection, before we started. So I got to hear it in full. Um, but the music is beautiful. Your voice is beautiful. And the uh, intention and meaning that um, is being delivered through the, the poetry um, of the lyrics that you wrote uh, also really wonderful and such a valuable contribution. Uh, so thank you for sharing that with the world. Raina, thank you so much for the time to talk about the project and share the project. And thank you for listening and the beautiful compliments. I'm very excited. And I think it's key to share also that all the proceeds when people do buy the album go directly into the Emerald Sketch and, and back into the program to keep great healing arts programming coming to child survivors and, and people mm -hmm. throughout the globe that are in need and keep the music coming. <laughs>
Um, so that. that's the that's the greater goal with the with the band. I love that. I love that. That's really awesome, and um, I hope that it it reaches every ear and household that really needs it. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here. And I look forward to, um, you know, our next episode together where I'm sure you're going to have some other really cool thing that you're doing to share. Oh, I'm so excited. I love doing this. I love that. Our, I love our relationship. And what it, would we say alone, alone together? Oh my, alone, that, alone together? Alone together. That was what we were saying, you know, and during the, um, during the, uh, 2020, like the first part of the shutdown, when we were doing those recordings, because it was, we were, it was, everything was shut down. You know, we were alone, but we were together through this digital platform and, you know, being able to communicate. Um, so we were alone, but we were also together because we're in this age of video technology, which is really cool. Ah. So good. It's all brings it back to the social connection. And for all you listeners, I hope you can hear the beaming smile on my face right now, how good it feels to reconnect with you, Raina, and to share the UNOS project. I'm pumped. Oh, I'm, I'm grateful. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Creative Psychotherapist Podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed the encore. I just felt like it was appropriate for the current time. I mean, maybe it's appropriate all the time. Um, I wish that it wasn't. And I hope that you find value and check out um, Nicole's work and the album that she put together. Uh, it's really beautiful. And I will see you again, talk to you again, really next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the creative psychotherapist. If you like what you heard, please rate review and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts for show notes, downloads, and additional resources, head over to the website at www.creativeclinicianscorner.com.